and that's $248,000 for one mobile home. But it's also $11,000 a year in income. So 10 of those, just 10 is a hundred grand a year. That's completely passive. passive. Completely passive. Not even managing. Everybody wanna get the bag, but y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue gems, got to show you the way. Cause we top finance and amortizing and anything it takes to get real estate. We've been grinding up there, finding ways to get paid. Better hop on this web, cause we're dropping blue gems. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go. Dang, so Back excited, again. man. Oh, what is it's been like a week now, right? It's been a week, man. So a long week. I we got my it. man Spencer on. Yeah, I definitely miss it as well. Super excited to have you on, bro. Um, yeah, appreciate it. We'll, we'll basically just like let you do a quick intro about like what you're doing, um, how you got into real estate and all that good stuff. Yeah, pretty simple. I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm 28 years old. I'm still a young guy. Um, no prior real estate experience uh, to 2018 is when we got started. Um, but uh, we own an acquisitions company. We're sourcing off-market deals. We're doing wholesales. We're getting into fix and flipping, holding creative deals. So kind of getting into doing it all almost. But however, we're just looking to build wealth as fast as we can so we can sit on a beach somewhere later on in the years i love it love it that, love that, that that's yeah. all of our goals right right that's why we have the podcast <laughs> exactly I mean. man we're all awesome, awesome. so where, where are you guys right now are, are you holding anything at all is it all just like fixing and flipping yep so we actually um just bought our seventh property and we're we already have our ninth under contract so we have our second property of 2022 already under contract to purchase this year but we only have seven. So we have seven rentals that we've already purchased. However, they were all purchased with um, creative financing. Yeah. So we didn't qualify for one mortgage out of any of those properties. Actually, all sub two or? Sub two. Actually, finance? two of them are sub, sub two. The other, uh, some of the others are seller finance. And I also have a mortgage note somewhere in there. So. Awesome, man. And they're all long-term rentals, I um, yes, one of them is on a lease option, which I'm going to get away from that, um, just because of actually people exercising, you know, buying the property. Sure. Wow. Um, but, uh, a few of them are short-term rentals. Some are, one is on a lease option. One was sold on seller financing, which you kind of can leave it be and don't have to worry about it and manage it like a rental. Right. Um, but then we do have, I believe three or four of them that are straight rentals. Yep. How are you feeling uh, about the short-term rentals? That's that's my jam. So I'm always like, like I hear that. Short term, like, I mean, it gets me excited too all the time. Term. I mean, it, it means you know better return on your investment. Sure. Um, you know, I'm definitely open to it. You know, as far as what we do and what we're kind of doing, it doesn't. It's not too involved in the STRs sure. and whatnot. But right, right. I mean, if if the deal permits, so is someone one of them comes across my desk, then oh, I'll do it. I'll do it if it makes sense. And um, so where are all your seven properties? Are they all? Yeah, so we got mostly central Florida, but I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan as well, which is, you know, used to be over the last three years, it was one of the top markets number. It was one of the top five markets in the country over the last couple of years. So it's a great market. Um, Short term rentals there and just rentals in general are skyrocketing. A lot of old properties that are just going through the roof, like college rentals, stuff like that. Um, but so investing in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we have the rest of them here in Central Florida, Auburndale, Orlando, outside of Orlando area. Just bought one in Titusville. It's 15 minutes from the Space Center. 
um, have three in Michigan and the rest are down here. So we have four in central Florida right now. Yep. And then we just bought, we're buying another two. Hopefully this week we, we buy the other two. So we're trying yeah, to get, buy another, gotta bring trying to buy another week. 10 as quick as possible. Yes. That's the goal for this year. Get another 10. Yeah. That, and I think that's, I mean, if we already have our second one under contract and we're just basically at the end of the first month, I mean, I, th I think maybe it's undershooting myself a little bit, maybe, right. but that's my first goal. If I can do 15, 20 of them, then amazing. Amazing. That'll be it. So um, let's back up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, how did you even get into real estate? You said you just started in 2018, right? So you're still yes. relatively new in the grand scheme <laughs> yes. of things. Already yes. crushing it. But like, were you working on W2? Like, how'd you, how'd you yeah, transition Yeah, man, into just like estate? everybody else, just slaving my life away, <laughs> working for somebody yeah. else's business. Um, say it like that. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's just such a, it's such a mindset change now. Sure. Yeah. Being where we're at now, right? Um, so <laughs> even Irene over there, basically, you know, we used to fight a lot because I was working so much. I was getting stressed out. I was taking it out on her yeah. and just being miserable, you know, because I was literally working illegal hours, meaning like 13, 14, 15 hours a day. Wow. I was a truck driver, not like a semi, but I was actually hauling boats, which is wow. even worse because <laughs> wow. they're multi-million dollar boats. I was hauling down the highway, like all up to New York and stuff like that. Anyways, um, I was working for somebody else's business. I was the right hand guy. He made, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, years and I made like 80 grand and I was just busting my ass. You know what I mean? To get yeah. it done and turn a dollar. And I was capped. He never yeah. allowed me, you know, oh, you're making too much. Oh, you're your top. You're my top earner for my team and all this kind of stuff. So there was, there was, I was at a ceiling. Yeah. And that was at age of 21. So, I mean, May, I was making 80 grand at 21. I was like, you know, this is really good for me in this point. However, it was extremely stressful. And I knew that it wasn't what, you know, I really had potential for. And I knew I wanted to start my own business. I just never knew what that was. I've never been to college, just worked a bunch of manual labor jobs and, you know, try to work up that pay scale as much as quick, you know, shooting job to job to job just to, to earn a higher buck. Um, but coming around to, that was basically 2017 and, you know, I was just done. I was fed up with it. You know, I told Ide, I was like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that we get to a certain point. I'm going to have, you know, minimal money aside. I think we had like 20 K to my bank, to my name. I'm talking like I had a, we were renting a house. I had vehicle payments and the whole nine yards, just like anybody else. Right. Wow. But I was to the point where I'm like, listen, like I'm going to make this work and I'm going all in. So I had 20 grand in my bank, quit. I mean, I blew through 10 grand of it really quick, just in bills and all that kind right. of stuff. And I took the other nine grand and um, did a lot of research online, really, to start off. And, you know, trying to figure out how do I work the little, like the smallest amount of time, yeah. but make the biggest buck. <laughs> and everything literally kept Love coming that. back to real estate. Like everything I was searching. And this was all on, you know, just typical Googling, you know, going down the road, you know, it stops and eating lunch. Like what the heck can I do to start a business where I can make a crap load of money, <laughs> you know, change my life, uh, live the life I want to live. And it literally kept coming back to real estate. Um, fast forward a little bit, we stumbled upon, uh, Cody Sperber and he's based out of, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, Phoenix area. Um, and he was teaching, Hey, basically how to, um, you know, wholesale real estate, buy real estate or 
not really, you're not really essentially buying real estate with wholesaling, however, but little to no money down getting involved in real estate. And that really intrigued me. I was like, I don't have any money. I just have a little bit of time. I don't have any knowledge in real estate. And he was basically saying that he could teach all of these things. So as Eday is, she, she's extremely, you know, she's always on like certain uh, company websites and looking at really who they are and what they do. And if there's any, anything bad potentially about them or whatnot, any reviews. And she couldn't find anything on Cody Sperber, not one thing. And it was, I believe, nine grand for the initial investment. So she was like, you know, I'm going to do all my research first before we actually do this. And we did it. We made the leap. And uh, that's kind of where it all started right then and there. And uh, um, that was basically end of 2017 is kind of when we started everything. We didn't really implement nothing until we got into 2018. In 2018, beginning the first six months of 2018 is really where I was like, hey, listen, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm fed up. I got, I got to, I got to do this and get it within, you know, the six months, get into real estate and really just go all in. So that's kind of how that happened and whatnot. And, um, three months later, after learning all the information and everything, we did our first deal. So bro, you had no, you had no buffer period. So, yeah. You're like, I'm going all in. What was running through your head? Like, were you nervous? Were you wondering? Oh, what was hell gonna yeah, man. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, I mean, Having just, I mean, 20 grand is like, well, right. I, I mean, not much. Being, yeah, not a, much. being a younger guy, like in the early 20s and stuff, like 20 grand, I'm rich. I got the world. I got the world or whatever. But, um, you know, <laughs> I just knew that from all the training and what I've seen and people that were making hundreds of thousands of dollars, I was like, listen, I was like, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Sure. You know what I mean? If they have zero prior real estate experience as well. Um, so yeah, really just, you know, hey, I'm going to roll up my sleeves, get to work, and I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And that, following a simple process just like that is what got me to my first deal. Would you recommend others to do that? Do you think it like kicks you in the butt to say, hey, I'm going to succeed? Like there's no other option. Or would you, if you can do it again, would you go back and would you have a buffer period where you're maybe working part time and kind of going slowly? What, well, yeah, I would never thoughts? tell anybody just to quit their job. Yeah. Because of, you know, because everybody's different too. I mean, right. I mean, you got to have that driver. For me, <laughs> I guess it goes into a lot of other things, really. Um, but yes, I would recommend somebody to, to be able to do it on the side. However, I would not recommend somebody that has zero experience just to up and quit their job like I did. Because <laughs> it does take a, a real fire, to, right. you know, burning in you to be able to just push on while everybody else is telling you it's something different. and and all of that so but yes i totally would um <laughs> recommend somebody following their either their dreams or their passions at least on the side until they can make right. the move transition so how'd that first deal go was was it a wholesale deal yep it was a wholesale deal uh half a block from my house oh nice um i actually we got it when we got in like uh we heard that bandit signs and stuff were still working good in like lower end markets or suburb markets and people were handwriting them at the time. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I think that's kind of cost efficient for us right now, like what we were doing. Sure. Um, and because I didn't want, I didn't have any money for any systems or anything like that. So bandit yeah. signs kind of resonated with me. You know, it was in the middle of the night, you know, I could just put out signs and I had, I had pretty good handwriting and stuff. So <laughs> I, I kind of like thought, hey, this might work out for me. So me and Ida, we were actually, we wrote them all the time. I mean, she helped me write, you know, 50, 100 signs a night. 
And, you know, I would go out every single night or basically two nights a week, Friday night and Saturday night, every, every week and put out a hundred, hundred signs each, each night. Wow. So wow. 200 signs a week is what I was doing. And then I think it was only a couple weeks later, you know, on my typical route where I put my signs, I got a call from that sign and it was a seller that lived in Alaska and this was his, he was an absentee owner and this was his basically vacation house. His wow. son was in town to clean out his house and he saw our sign at the corner of the stoplight. So at the intersection. Wow. <laughs> so he called it and he was like, hey, listen, I, my dad's selling his house and it needs a bunch of work. Can you come look at it? And I said, hey, uh, sure, I'll come look at it. <laughs> Ended up going looking at it and there was a nice little three bedroom, two bath, 1200 square foot house, single car garage built in the seventies, nice little neighborhood uh, in a great development area. And it had black mold halfway up the uh, drywall throughout the whole entire house. Oh. Smelled horrible. You know what I mean? It was in disarray. Um, but I was like, this is perfect deal. And then, you know, after some little back and forth, after going over everything, following the process that Cody kind of right. even taught me and everything right. like that, was able to lock it in. And at that time, I mean, I think we locked that deal in at like $52,000 for a block house. Wow. Which now you couldn't even, I mean... In that same area, we lock them up like around a hundred at that wow. in that area. So I was like, "Holy cow, it's a great deal!" You know what I mean? It was kind of got me all crazy. You know what I mean? It's like I had a deal on the loose, right. and the house needed work, and there was a lot of hiccups, a lot of speed bumps as well. So I mean, if you guys are interested, we can talk about yeah, those yeah, too, yeah. But Let's go into for it sure, um, for sure. So that's the fun part. I think I learned. I think I learned more learning. on that first deal than I, you know, the next five or ten after. Right. But on that first one, I mean, it had the, the son that I was dealing with had a limited power of attorney. So he was working on the behalf of the actual owner. He wasn't even in the state. Um, there was a, a issues with the driver's license, him being out of state. So there's a lot of different hurdles. Also, when we did a title and lien search, there was a, um, a memorandum on the property. So there was a previous buyer that filed a document saying that they were going to buy the house. They had a purchase wow. agreement to buy the house from the seller at one time and the seller defaulted on the contract. So the buyer was like, Hey, listen, I'm not going to get out from under this. I'm going to go file this document with the County record it. And so someone can pay me out when they're going to sell this deal again. So it's exactly what happened. So I had this deal. I'm like, great. I have a deal. And the guys accepted the offer. We've done the title and lien search. We're moving along. And now I have a previous buyer that wants to be bought out and I have to find out who it is, get a hold of them. And that whole, and that was scary in itself. You know what I mean? And I, Cause I thought just the deal was going to fall apart at that point. So steps forward, uh, we actually found out who the guy was and, and got a hold of him. And, and he was giving us the go around and only letting us talk to his agents and all this different stuff. And it took a couple of weeks and he originally wanted 10 grand, 10 grand to buy him out the deal. And the original wholesale fee that we've calculated was right around $24,000 that I was going to get. So I was like, wow. okay, I'm, this is a good deal, but now I might have to give away half of it to this guy. I was right. super nervous. And we, we found a buyer like in me, like, I think we, I think this one we posted on Facebook marketplace. So this was 2018, uh, September, 2018 first deal. And we posted on Facebook marketplace and we were just bombarded by people like, <laughs> let me, I want the deal. I want the deal. Let me come see it. Let me come see it. And we Jeez. had two people go see it and they were just bidding each other back and wow. forth. 
And I think the lady said like 70, 75,000 or something like that, right around there. It was in the seventies. And I was like, that's amazing. Deal. <laughs> you got Done. it. Right. I, I'm going to make kill it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was a, a rehabber, fix and flipper in the area. Um, and I told her the situation, uh, that we were dealing with, with this previous buyer. And she's like, Oh, okay, well, let me help you. And I was like, well, thank you. So she went and actually negotiated with the guy, got him down to four grand. So I was wow. like, hell yeah, let's what do this deal. Buyer. Like, thank you so much yeah. for that. And, you know, and I had to kind of also tell her really that it wasn't my first deal to try to be so new and act so sure. new, whatever. But she, I think she knew. Um, uh, but uh, she was able to solve that for us. So that was the biggest problem of that deal. But we were able to, we were able to get them to sign off on that, release the deal. We actually closed. We made 17 grand on our first deal and doubled our investment, initial investment into real estate investing. Wow. So from there on out, it was straight cash positive. Let's see how many deal, deals we can do. Um, That's fast forwarding to the end of my first year starting, we did, ended up doing um, 100K in wholesale fees, fees our first year. So wow. we, we were able to kind of get traction and consistency off of those same marketing channels over and over again, even though it was here and there, but really it was following Cody Sperber's processes that got me to, to where I am today. So after the bandit signs, what other marketing strategies did you deploy? Yeah, well, in 2018, uh, we got into basically door knocking pre-foreclosures um, or leaving notes on pre-foreclosures. Also, we were doing cold calling and SMS texting. That's what really we got into. Who, who's we? Is it you? Basically, you just, me and just me and E-Day. Okay. Now we have four agents. We okay. have four virtual assistants that are sending us all the deals to basically tee us up right now. So we're still very, we're all virtual still. I don't want to have my own office or anything like that. Right. I want to be able to pump a small seven-figure machine from my home. That's kind of my whole goal. And your role is pretty much meeting with sellers at this point. Everything else is outsourced or? Yeah, I mean, I like to, I'm a people person. So I'm, I'm the visionary within the company too. And, you know, all, I feel like all of my past jobs, even though they were crap jobs, they really taught me how to talk with people. And um, that has, I think, been the most leverage for me and to be able to create more deals and more deals and more deals. So um, typically I'm just closing all the deals right now. You know, I'll ha I have follow-up manager. They talk to, they get them to the point where they're ready to go and, and then I'll just close them up. Kind of where we're at. What would you recommend to a brand new wholesaler? So someone trying to do their first wholesale deal, like what do you think is like the, yeah, man. the first most important skill that they need? Um, well, I don't know if it's about skill, like what type of skill. I mean, you do have to find that inner drive though. Mm -hmm. And it's not all about these systems and, and, you know, money that you have to spend on marketing channels and all that stuff. Like we didn't have any of it. We literally just rolled up our sleeves. I, I, and I, I bought one set of bandit signs. I mean, it didn't cost very much. I mean, it was a couple hundred bucks. Um, but what advice I would have now is really just getting out there and getting active in the market, whether that's meeting other wholesalers, talking to sellers, talking to agents, just talk to people and let them know what you're doing because one relationship could bring just one deal. Sure. And that could start everything. That yeah. could be a snowball effect. But if they go out there and just, you know, really realistically, the only marketing channel that I would tell them to really get into it, if they're going to start wholesaling or whatnot first, 
real estate investing is pull a list and go door knock that list over and over again. And then just call that list. But you don't need any systems to do that. I mean, you can even grab a, grab a list from you know another wholesaler, another agent, another investor. Keep it simple. Yeah. Stay consistent. Keep it simple until you can afford those things, right? Get one deal. One deal could front your whole next couple months in just in marketing. Or maybe at that point you... Um, can now partner with, uh, you know, batch leads or something like that, where now you can pay for data to pull sure. on a regular basis. There's a lot of different things you can do. However, I think that's where a lot of people struggle right now getting into real estate. There's so many different avenues. There's so many different ways to make money in real estate. They get caught up in all this information overload, you know, and they're like, oh, I just haven't done a deal yet. Or, you know, I can't get it done. I'm not seeing anything. Nothing's really working for me, but I'm spending all this money. But realistically, when you have no money, you sell. You know what I mean? Until, then you bring in the money first. Um, but yeah. So one of the challenges I see from new wholesalers is getting the numbers right. Locking up mm -hmm. a deal too high, too low. So yeah. how do you run comms? How do you get, get knowledgeable about the market if you're a newbie? Well, man, I'm trying to remember even back to when I first started. I just kind of, everything was off of Zillow. I'll be 100% yeah. you know, honest about it. Like Zillow gives enough information, just enough where you could do deals without having actual MLS data. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, for me, I was doing everything in a notepad. Like I didn't have any CRM, <laughs> nothing. I was doing everything in a notepad, like comps, Zillow comps, everything. My callbacks, everything out of a notepad until I got one deal. Then, it, then you can take back and analyze everything and now spend it. spend it where you need it. Work with what you got in the beginning. Yeah. But the thing is, is like you can get into start relationships where now where you can partner with agents or whatnot to get MLS comps. And that's what we do now. We're none of us are agent. We're not agents. Um, I don't plan on being becoming an agent. So technically I pull everything from Zilla, get an idea of the neighborhood, the area, everything like that. Then I shoot it over to my uh, investor-friendly real estate agent, and he sends me the comps of the of the actual neighborhood there you to go. verify. There you go. So how do you take care of him? Like, like what what incent what incentivizes him to continue that relationship with you? How are you getting? He helped. Out? He helped uh, us buy our house. That's gotcha. his. Yeah. Okay. So he got paid. There he got go. paid uh, when we we bought our house. So oh, that's kind go. of his playback. But also a good little story about that is. Um, He's out of Winter Garden, which is just here in Orlando. And uh, we met him at the Clever Investor Summit in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona in 2019. So we linked up with him there and he's like, oh, Winter Garden. That, I actually graduated from West Orange High School, okay. which is in Winter Garden. Wow. So that's how we linked up. We collaborated and were able to start, you know, working together. Yeah, I'm going to that summit uh, this year. Yeah, that's I heard it's also going to be the last one. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. and I, I think it's in. Best of it. I think it's in Vegas. No, it's it's in Arizona. Again. It is it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought maybe it's something else that they're doing in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought, but um, Thrive was the last one in okay. Vegas last year. Got it. Yep, that was the last Thrive, at least indefinitely, like for the the near future. Right. They they made it seem like they left like mystery behind it where it could come back or it could be something right. that's a little reinvented. Um, so only great time. Emergency, we'll, yeah, great yeah. emergency. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, love yeah. doing that. But yeah, the, uh, the summit is, is in Arizona, I think in, in April. Yeah. I mean, dude, it, it was it a, it was a life changer to be honest for me. 
Um, I mean, he pulled everybody up that that was in the uh, the uh, six figure club for wholesale fees. So we were able to go up on stage and everything. I mean, it was it was the 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 turning point for our business. I mean, like we were like, hey, okay, you know, we could do one wholesale deal. Now we did thirty wholesale deals. Now we did a hundred k. It's like this is a proven process that works. How do we just keep doing it over and over and over again to start building wealth? But we still had no experience prior to either building a business, any prior real estate experience. So, I mean, it was all new for us too. But I'm just a normal guy that has a lot of drive, so I was able to put that to work. Love it. Where do you think that, that drive comes from? Like, like, did you play sports as a kid? Did you... I'll tell you exactly where it comes yeah, yeah, from. I'm interested. So... <laughs> Exactly where that comes from is, is my, my parents, uh, you know, they never had a lot growing up. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm from a, a village. It's not even a town. It's called Sparta, Michigan, north of Grand Rapids. And it's a very small farm town where, you know, people don't really make it out of the town. And then if you do, you're that city folk that, you know, you did this and you got out while you could. City folk. <laughs> yeah, and that's literally what it is. I mean, it's, it's nothing fancy whatsoever. Um, but you know, my parents never had nothing. And even me growing up, my, my parents gave us everything that we needed to get by. And, but however, I saw them work paycheck to paycheck, the struggle, everything. They went through foreclosure in 2008. We lost our house that they built. So there's a lot of these things that happened where I was like, you know, that's never going to happen to me, you know? So even as a kid, I remember I played a lot of football and stuff too, a lot of sports. You know, I knew there I was set for greater things. Like whether that be sports, obviously, you know, that actually happening is not very <laughs> high chance. But um, I knew that I was destined for greater things, and I was going to do whatever it takes to make it happen, and I was going to do what I love. So that was, I think, literally the ultimate driver for me. However, it's to the point now where I've had all these different types of jobs, where it's like you know. They're just dead end jobs. You know what I mean? It doesn't fuel your passion or so you can actually live to be your best self. And um, I think that's exactly where it all started. And, and even I've lived paycheck to paycheck. You know, I was living with my parents and I, I was making nine bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour, got out. You know, now I'm living even more to paycheck to paycheck because I can barely pay my rent. <laughs> you know, it was just stepping stone to stepping stone. But however, I think all of these different types of jobs have just given me the strength like, hey, listen, you get into the right vehicle, you're going to be able to step on the gas and just, you know, get to where you need to go. Um, so, yeah. Love it. Do you have any siblings? I'm, I'm curious. I do. I have a, a brother. He is 31, so a few years older than me. Um, he runs his own uh, yacht transport company. I wasn't working for him. It's a complete separate company okay. that I was working for, but gotcha. it's doing the exact same thing. Wow. So he does a lot of manual labor and stuff, has a ton of overhead, pays a ton in taxes, owns zero real estate, and almost lives paycheck to paycheck because it's just his only income is his business. So you got to remember, too, that people have all these things, but they're also, you know, a few months away from being broke, which is crazy, you know. Crazy. Um, so this has kind of put me in all, you know, all of these different factors and jobs and, you know, my family and everything has really put me in a position to 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 really know where I want to go. And that's real estate investing. I also have a younger sister. Um, she's never been to college. None of my family has been to college or just, I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, and I've never been to college. Um, 
but she has a couple kids. She's yeah. young. She's just turned 22, has almost about to have her second kid. Um, you know, she's struggling paycheck to paycheck, her and her husband. And, and, and it's, it's tough because there's, it's not just them. It's not like they're not just a one-off case. This is a lot of people in America in general. You know what I mean? So being able to have the right mindset and be able to pursue something like this is insane in itself. You got to be a little bit of crazy, you know? That's one of my favorite words, mindset. How do you develop the mindset? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing each day? Um, it's it's a compound it's i always talk about it's base hits you know i'm it's it's base hits it's not one big home run that gets us there it's all these base hits this little stuff but however you know like i said i'm I'm a normal guy i mean i i I get frustrated you know i I get overwhelmed i take it out on other people (laughs) you know what i mean i've been through those all those stepping stones and those hurdles however certain books have gotten me there to get in the right mindset to under get a different type of understanding. Um, you know, even uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. It was a, even a that's a ton of people's great book. Yeah, absolutely. However, Everybody it is a that. game changer. Yeah. Game changer for sure. So there's like all these little things. So like I listened to that or read that book. Also listened to um, uh, Never Split the Difference. Okay, about negotiations, and that's a whole nother thing too. Um, so taking and then also profit first. So like. Having negotiation, getting negotiation skills, getting uh, skills on just investing in general in, on an income state, a statement kind of basis, and also profit first with like tax purposes. Taking all those things together has really kind of gave, given me the edge um, and put me in that right mindset. For me, I know I've, I think I've always just thought different. I think I've been like, you know, you probably feel the same way, right? right? You know what I mean? That you're kind of just different than others. Right, right. But like, I I feel that just, I've been always, um, what's I guess a word I could say? It's like, it's just, I've been wanting to pursue these types of things. I want to be different. I want to step out of my comfort zone and I want to go do the things that other people aren't willing to do. And I think that's going to get me to where I ultimately want to go, you know? Being uncomfortable, right? Yeah. That's where we grow and that's where success ultimately lays. Yes. And that's that's where I usually would fold too. You know what I mean? Oh, I got to do that. No, I don't want to do that. That's scary or, you know, that's going to take too much time or, you know, that might take four or six years of my life. I I can't do that. Like, especially when I was thinking about college, that was a big no-no for me. All my friends were getting, you know, pilot's licenses and degrees and all that stuff. And I I was doing work, hard work. That's it. And um, now a lot of those same friends are, are back to work and they're not doing anything with their degrees and they have a lot of tax debt or sorry, uh, school debt. Yeah, student loan debt. Student loan debt. So that was one thing I never wanted because I didn't really know what I wanted in life yet. So realistically, my you know life from 20 to 25, I was figuring that out. And then basically my... Uh, the year that I turned 25 is when we did our first deal and we started investing in real estate. So um, you got seven rentals, killing in the wholesale game. Uh, what, what's, what are you really focused on this year? What are you trying to, because there's always levels to a business, right? Yeah. So what, what, what are you striving to, to hit or accomplish this year? I think for me is to get to seven figures annually on a regular basis, but to get there and not shoot way above and try to make $5 million, $10 million right away. 
I think just getting to seven figures and be able to sustain that is my number one goal. Two is acquiring as many properties right now as I possibly can. Why? Um, because last year was the highest appreciation rated year ever yeah, it was recorded. Wild. Crazy. Wow. It was like 19% or something like that. Just to give you an example, I have one property that was a subject to in Auburndale, and it's a very upcoming area. It's like where um, Legoland and all that kind of stuff is coming in. Um, we bought that property. Basically, we got paid to get into that property because of the <laughs> seller situation. So that was great. Um, but I sold it on a lease option for five years, but I sold it for $145,000. And it's, it's still a lease right now to kind of catch up to speed on that. But however, what I meant by that is, is now the... Um, the value of that home is over $200,000. Wow. So that's just one. Yep. So, I mean, when we have purchased, we started buying in 2020, we bought our first property, which was a sub two. And then 2021, we bought the other six. Now we're buying another two in 2022 already. But the properties that we've already had since 2022, as with the equity that and the purchase price numbers that we have, has already put us over and over um, a million dollars in in uh, properties already. Ready. So with appreciation, I mean, just an appreciation play. And I mean, a lot of people don't buy properties just for appreciation, right. but it's a big one. And I think it's going to be similar for me. I think it's going to be similar just like last year, where it might not be nineteen percent appreciation, but it, it's not going to be your typical three to five either. Um, so that's, that's my major play. If I can buy another 10 properties this year, my, all my properties combined, you know, we gain a few hundred grand in equity. We roll these properties over into the next, the next thing. Is it commercial properties, whatever, but it's, it's deal to get to the next deal, to get to the next deal and keep, just keep changing over that, turning over that investment for a higher return. So now to accomplish all that, do you think you need to continue to build out your team or marketing or are you pretty yeah. happy with how lean you are? I would say I'm running pretty lean. However, I still need to grow. You know, with growth, there becomes other issues and stuff like that. However, I'm also trying to grow very slowly. Um, but I should be able to buy that many properties, hit my same goals with the team that I have now. But I'm also, they say that for whatever your goal is for your monthly revenue or yearly revenue, you want to be spending 14 to 19% of that every single month. I'm not, I'm spending like less than 10%. So there's also things that we have to add in along the way that could potentially be making us a lot more money and making us, you know, six figures every single month. So there's also some, some new things coming for us that will hopefully help us get there. The 14 to 19%, that's what you should be spending in marketing? Yes. Gotcha. 14%, 14 to 19% of your, of your goal for the month. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. You kind of have like a twofold approach here, right? You have your wholesaling and then you have your portfolio. So yes. how do you view them independently? So like pros and cons of both, because wholesaling, you know, you're not really building long-term wealth, but you're building a yep. lot of cash to so then go invest in deals. Yes. Yeah. Wholesaling is just a strategy and it should be only one tool in your belt. Mm -hmm. And it, it should be the first tool if you're getting started because it's a good way to not actually take title of real estate. However, you're, you're building that capital very quickly. Now with that comes a high tax bill. You know, I mean, that is its own company in itself. Um, 
it's a sales and marketing company, really. You know what I mean? Uh, you're not taking title to anything. However, you're you're selling properties and you're marketing to sellers, direct to seller. Um, so, so basically, basically tip, well, typically for us, the wholesale fees will tend to fund our entry fees for all of our creative stuff. Okay, and that's a whole nother separate company. So everything's a pass-through entity through myself as far as how I'm taxed. So I can make, you know, I think we did just over 300K in wholesale fees last year. If we do that, now if I have to buy enough properties in my other company to alleviate that tax burden. So that's kind of what we're trying to do. But as we do more wholesales and fix and flips, we have to keep buying properties and taking ownership to alleviate that tax. That's just how the millionaires do it. Are you working closely with like a CPA that are you just reading all this stuff yourself? Like um, what I'm learning out of the mentorships, like I've like, you know, I learned a lot of the basic stuff for wholesale fix and flips, you know, basic lingo, basic knowledge from Cody Sperber. Okay. Um, that's how we also got into direct contact with Pace Morby because they're actually friends and knew that he was the, the, um, the, uh, sub the, two guy, sub, sub two, two guy. guy. Yeah. And I did my, my first purchase in 2022 was a sub two deal that I did before I was in the mentorship. So it was kind of wonky. You know what I mean? I was like, Hey, listen, I can do it. Like if I already done this, I can do this. And I kind of rolled up my sleeves and then I kind of got issues with like the insurance and those, those types of things. things. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get the mentorship, learn what this guy has to say and see how I can add it to my tool belt and really add a couple hundred more grand. And realistically, it's probably going to add a few more million to me. So wow. Great mentorship, by the way, but that is really what I think propelled us is on the creative stuff. Because like, like I said before, we, we've never qualified for a mortgage. Now, now, just for the audience, I don't want to confuse them. You're in two mentorships, right? So you're in the one, Cody Sperber, and then also Pace Morby. Yes, uh, Cody Sperber's mentorship, Clever Investor. Um, that's basically a lifetime thing that we did. It was a full-on mentorship. Highly recommend. Great people, great family. It's it's absolutely amazing. It's lifelong as well. It's lifelong okay. as well. Um, the sub two I, I am is in as well. I which was started in, uh, I think that was December twenty twenty, January twenty twenty one. So we've been in that mentorship for just over a year. Learned a ton about creative finance and stuff like that, and that's what's taken us to the next level. Should everyone join a mentorship? Who would you say that is suited for? Like starting off, you don't have a lot of money. Programs can be pretty pricey from my understanding. Well, so yeah, I, I mean, I highly recommend getting a mentor, someone that's already doing what you want to do, mm -hmm. whether that's making millions. I mean, if you want to make billions, don't talk to the millionaire. Maybe if you want to, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. If you want to make thousands, don't talk to the guy that's working at McDonald's. Yeah. Same thing, yeah. but well, highly yeah. recommend it. Um, but first off though, I mean, if you don't have a lot of money, I wouldn't just go out and get a mentor. I mean, maybe it's just invest in yourself first, like which getting a mentor partially is, right? But more investing in books, self-knowledge that you can learn that's not going to cost so much money first. Uh, but if you do have money for a mentorship, by all means, 100% go after it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. If it wasn't for the sub two mentorship for me. I don't know where I would be because just being in the proximity of the community helps tremendously. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and you look at it like before I got into the sub two mentorship, I mean, I was just doing wholesales. I mean, I think we are, before we started doing creative finance, I mean, we did 300K typically on wholesale fees. 
However, creative finance is what got me my wealth. Yeah. I didn't own, I didn't, I owned one property before I started creative finance. So that's really what has propelled my wealth. You know what I mean? Is the whole learning creative finance and that kind of tool. Do you think all investors should find their own deals? So if you're just a buy and hold guy, should you learn how to market and find deals or should you just go direct to the wholesaler? Well, I mean, all those things are good things. Um, you know, if, if yeah. yeah, I mean, you get them, you can get deals from wholesalers. The thing is, is, is off market properties being direct to seller puts you in the driver's seat in any market cycle. However, it costs money because right. now you're marketing and stuff like that. So if you can plug yourself into a network where, you know, you have other wholesalers or other investors, agents and whatnot in that group that can bring you deals, then that's even better because it's that's zero dollars for marketing. That's relationships, which is real estate. Because you and I being buy and hold investors, like should we invest time in learning how to wholesale to go direct to seller? No, if you don't if you don't have a plan to start that type of business, I wouldn't. I would I would I would be taking time building relationships with wholesalers. Right. Because if they understand the exact type of deals that, that we want, that you want then as soon as they get it, they'll bring it to you. You and pay you their assignment good, fee and then yeah, move on. No questions yeah. asked. It could be a hundred grand assignment fee. It could be 300 grand assignment fee. The numbers it does not work. matter. As long as the numbers work, Fair it's enough. on. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. I've never, I've never been too interested in wholesaling because yeah. I've always been the buy and hold guy. So it's not easy. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I can sit here and say, oh, I've done hundred K in wholesale fees my first year, you know, do 300 K a year in wholesale fees. It's not easy. It takes time. And yeah. I think I've had a little bit of leverage, you know, because of the person I am and the drive I've had. However, it's, it's a grind at first until you can actually sustain enough money for your marketing and all that. And then it's just, it is its own rat race in itself, right? But once you can become, once you can build enough capital at first, then you can become a real estate investor and start moving into other, you know, channels, avenues. Yeah, and you've definitely sure. made that strive where, you know, now you're buying your own real estate. Well, yeah. I mean, I think for me is like Cody Sperber, when, you know, when we even got into his mentorship, he's like, oh, I've been into it 14 years, you know, made millions of dollars and stuff like that. I was like, well, how can I do it in five? Yeah. <laughs> That's really what was running through my head. So it's like, how do I take, you know, a little bit from uh, Cody, a little bit from my life and all the work that I've done and a little bit from Pace and just know a little about a lot, right? And take all those things together and be able to move towards my goal. Now, whatever your goal might be, that might be different. It might be Airbnbs. It might be short-term rentals, you know, rentals in general, creative deals. Um, but learning kind of what not to do, taking all these little things and putting it towards a goal that I want. And for me, it's all passive income. And you can do it in a short period of time, but you have to have the goal first. Because then you can, you know, um, reverse engineer it and take what it look what it takes to get there. There's not a lot. We love Anything, passive yeah, income. Yeah, there, well, there's that, not more. Yeah, being passive income is amazing. I mean, just to give you an example, um, uh, we did a, a mobile home deal. I don't know if you guys do any mobile home, look at any mobile homes or anything like that. Awesome. Central Florida, they're pretty big, man. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's next affordable home, and it's even becoming in more demand now, right? But we did a deal, um, direct to seller, 
I was going to wholesale. I could have wholesaled it for, I think, 30 or 40 grand. And the guy, I think I had one of my investors walk it the day I was getting it. And he was like, I'll pay you 60 grand for it today. I had it under contract for 27 grand. And I was like, oh, that's a good wholesale fee. You know, it's pretty good. It's pretty dang good or whatever. Um, and uh, we, it was in good shape, cleaned it out, paid for all the moving for the guy to move back to Michigan and all this different stuff, did whatever it took, you know, put a couple, uh, put a couple grand into it. And I sold it on seller financing for 120 grand at an 8% interest rate over 20 years. Well, wow. if they actually fulfill that loan, that's $248,000 for one mobile home. But it's also $11,000 a year in income. So 10 of those, just 10 is 100 grand a year. That's completely passive. passive. Completely passive. Not even managing. Well, it also depends, you know, how you fund the deal. Is it your own cash? Is it private lenders, hard money, whatever it is. But typically, like I said, you know, if it's low end cash deals or a creative deal, my acquisitions company funds that typically. So now what we're doing is getting into where we're bringing in private money. So we're not using our own capital, utilizing everybody else's money because it's cheap right now and be able to, to scale that way and do more deals, but leveraging everybody else's money. Deep right now, like, so what are you typically seeing for private money? Um, eight to 12%. And it all varies on what you're trying to do. First position, second position liens. Um, if you're doing fix and flips or if it's just entry fees, I mean, there's so many different combinations, sure, sure. but you can get as creative as you, as you want with it, you know, but that's kind of what we're seeing. And, and it's, it's gotta make sense for someone investing their coin too, you know? So if it's, if it's a deal that's a little bit more risky, they're probably going to want a higher percentage rate. But also if you built a relationship with lenders in your area and continue to do deals, that percentage typically just goes down and you end up getting more value out of them. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's predicated on relationship building. 100%. So, yeah. And I, I lead with that. I think that helps me throughout like with sellers and you know, talking with them and, and leading with value first and in a relationship it makes, it draws people to you instead of, Hey, listen, how, how, you know, what, what are you going to sell your property for? Right. Or, Hey, I just need a loan. I just need a loan today. You know, it's actually, when I first got my first lender, it's like, Hey, listen, I'm doing a crap little wholesale wholesales. You see what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. However, I don't have any experience. So how does someone like me get a loan, which then I use my wholesale portfolio to get my first loan. Basically just gave them all the breakdowns of all my wholesale deals that I've done. And they usually give a higher percentage rate on your first deal which for me, it was only 10%. Um, and that's kind of, if you have good lenders around here, that's typically what you can find, 10%. Um, and that's, he does 90% of purchase price, 100% of repairs. Wow. So it still, still gives, gives you a, you know, a little bit of leverage sure. where you have to come up with down payments and stuff, but then that's when you have those gap funding where now I can raise private money for the second position to get into those. Deals. Right. You know, so there's a lot of different things, right? But it's, we're, we're, you know, we've already come so far where we were doing a ton of wholesales. Now we're getting into more creative deals. Now we're actually starting a lot more fix and flips to actually get that to get those funds up. So, who do you have on your team to help you with the financing and the legal side of what you're doing? Because I'm sure it's pretty complex for the average guy. Um, I try to keep it very simple because I, I'm not an analytical person at all. And that's why where Ide comes in, like she's Got an engineer it. by trade and she <laughs> runs all the numbers and is like, Hey, this is not a good investment. This is a good investment, whatever. Um, but w what do you mean exactly? So do you have an attorney was, drafting up your seller financing agreement for nope. subject so two? So all the contracts you? come through the sub two mentorship. Got it. 
That's where I get all my documents. They're nationwide. So that's and where then, paying for the mentorship can come. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Getting the paperwork right. right. 100%. And same thing um, for your wholesale contracts or how did you find those? Wholesale contracts? No. I originally did use um, Clever Investors, but then the person that was teaching me a lot of the information through the company was based out of Tampa, Florida. So I was able to use his local agreements, which then I used for a long, long time. And now I switched back to the other mentorship pace with pace and just utilize those. Since, you know, leverage them. I mean, they pay thousands and thousands of dollars to their attorneys to draft the paperwork. So, right. Absolutely. Sense. I was wondering, I'm like, where do you kind of work, work through that? Right. Cause it's hard to afford an attorney each time. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing too. Like we've had some type of stuff where we had to go ask questions to an attorney and it's, you know, 350 bucks an hour. Right. It, it can rack up freaking quick. But, um, you know, only do it when you need to. And I use referrals for everything. So right. our CPA was a referral from an investor that buys a ton of deals for us. So I know he's doing a ton of business. So I wanted to utilize who he uses. Um, we utilize his, you know, uh, title companies as well. I mean, just leverage the people that you know and go through them. You know, you don't have to find this all on your own for, through trial and error like a ton of people do. Relationships. It's relationships. <laughs> you just, it keeps uh, you coming know, back to that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, Real estate is a, a relationship business, 100%. You even said earlier, talk to people, you know, yeah. Brent Daniels model and it's, it's, it holds true. If you can talk, like, I think that gave me a, a big piece of leverage in my career is, is literally just talking to people. Um, I had a lot of jobs where I was, uh, worked for a moving company and I was lumping furniture, like up flights of stairs, like pianos and crap, like <laughs> into people's houses. And you had, you had to talk to the, the people because right. you're, you know, making sure that you don't break their stuff. And I learned a lot of, you know, personal people skills in that. And then I also became a, you guys know Grand Cypress over here? Mm -hmm. Golf course? Yep. I was a bellman there. <laughs> wow. And I was getting like two, $300 tips, you know, for wow. carrying people's luggage and all that. And I had to talk to them. So I had that really, I think, brought it out in me when I was younger. And... Now I just, I, I can talk to anybody, whether they're, they're yelling at me from when the conversation starts or if it's someone with a serious problem. I mean, I think I've grown a lot to be able to just talk through any situation. For sure. Um, I want to touch base again, just on, on uh, Pace's mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. When you first got in, were you doing any of like the, the daily dials or like the role plays? Yeah, Did that role help plays. Out, that help out a bunch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really, it was more listening to like pace in action and kind of what he said, things he said, uh, how he comes across to people. Um, but once you learned yeah. that and you were able to just yeah. test and follow the process, really, like that's what it is, is following the, the process that he gives you. It works. It's proven. So did yeah. that. Do it once. It works. You get, you know, you're a little shaky with it. The next time you get a little bit better, the next time you get it even better. And now I'm pitching creative deals. Now I'm teaching my agents how to ask if the seller's interested in a terms offer on when they're on a sales call. You know what I mean? Beautiful. So it really flows into a lot of other things. Well, and you did the same thing with Cody's just process, staying yes. consistent, yep. following the. And I didn't go in and, and you know watch every video all the way through. Learned every piece of information I possibly could, and be like, all right, now I'm going to implement it. 
I learned a little and implemented a lot. Yeah, took action right yes. away. There you go. Yes. yes. And that is, it's huge because even Pace, a lot of people say it over again, just take action, take action. But you really have to make that first step. And if you can make that first step and get through your, out of your comfort zone, guy's the limit. I know that you're, you're really trying to grow your social presence and yeah. get more deals. How can people connect with you and, and be a resource and yep. do some deals? Yeah, we're actually uh, trying to document our journey okay. on social media um, and kind of put ourselves out there a little bit. It's, I'm, I'm not good at it <laughs> whatsoever. It's, it's kind of still shaky, but um, I try to take a lot of photos and document kind of what we just literally stepping into what we're already doing, you know, and just making sure that we're getting pictures and videos of it. But mostly on Instagram, Facebook, um, Instagram handle is, is Spencer. Uh, S-P-E-N-C-E-R dot Bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P underscore. Um, and you can follow us there. And really just like to connect with other people that are trying to get into the business that are already working in real estate um, so that we can connect, kind of leverage each other's network, be able to do more deals ultimately, and maybe helpfully, hopefully help people start their businesses. And you just absolutely Ooh. crushed it, bro. Awesome. Yeah. So much value. I mean, yeah. listeners nuggets well. after nuggets after so nuggets. nuggets. And it's like, it's so cool because like you're exactly what they talk about is possible. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, I, they there's, say it all the time. They say, Hey, look, this is what's possible. You can start with like little to no money. Yeah. You can, you, you don't have to have, you don't have to have real estate background. You mm -hmm. just have to take consistent action over and over and over again. Yep. But I think so many people are stuck in that analysis paralysis stage where mm -hmm. they're trying to learn everything possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even in the mentorship, right? They're trying mm -hmm. to learn. They've been there for a year, just like you have. Right. But they haven't done a deal yet. They hadn't made an offer yet. They hadn't talked to right. a seller yet. Yeah. yeah and that, that I, it is a little bit different because I was already doing deals sure. when I got into the subject to mentorship and all of that where I could just added another tool to my belt. But, um, you know, it's, it really is tough because a lot of people think that they have to have what's the best thing out there. You know what I mean? The best CRM, the best data, whatever it is. And you, you don't need any of that. Taking massive action, going out there and just trying to help somebody that's actually in need that needs to sell their house. You, there's a lot of people out there, tons, tons of people. But however, if you could just find that one deal, one deal, that one person in need, could literally be a whole game changer for your entire life. One deal could change it all. And it was for me. I mean, it's literally what happened for me. I was, you know, trying to tell my parents, hey, listen, spending every last dollar of my name investing, and now I'm going to go see if I can make a lot of money. And it's kind of, when you're in that kind of position, you don't really know if it's going to work. Right. But if you stay consistent and you put in the work, it's a matter of time. It's not, it's not if, it's when. <laughs> I guess we can leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Love that. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.